so glad you've joined us on the ERLC podcast to explore how the Bible addresses important cultural issues pertaining to life, religious liberty, marriage and family, and human dignity, and how we can walk in wisdom for God's glory and for the flourishing of our neighbors. If you're enjoying this podcast and find it helpful, please leave a review wherever you listen. This will help more people find and benefit from what we're learning together. We are grateful for the time you take to join us for these conversations. Thank you for joining us during this week's episode of the ERLC podcast. You'll be amazed as we listen to one man's testimony of God's incredible grace. You see, brothers and sisters, the gospel is the power of God for salvation. It is the power that changes lives. Because in there, there's promises where the Lord says, I will be merciful toward their iniquities and I will remember your sins no more. That as far as the east is from the west, so far will your transgressions be removed. Garrett Kell was living for pleasure and found himself in an unexpected situation. At the Evangelicals for Life conference, Kell shared his story of finding out his girlfriend was pregnant, assisting her in seeking out an abortion, and being pursued and forgiven by the God of the universe. We hope this podcast brings you encouragement as you listen. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you all for being here uh, this evening. And I've uh, been asked to share a little bit of my story with you tonight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to join me in prayer once more before I do that. And then, uh, then I'll share with you a little bit about what the Lord has done in my life. Father, we do thank you that you are the God who works all things together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And that you are a sovereign God who can use what was intended for evil, even for your glorious purposes. So we pray that uh, in these next few moments together that you might uh, prove good on your word and the promises in your word and show us your glory. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. I think if there's a, a banner that hangs over my life, it would probably be one, one like that from the book of Romans. You see, I grew up in a almost normal home in Berkeley Springs, West Virginia, about an hour and 45 minutes away from here. We were moderate Methodists, and we went to church, you know, basically basically every Sunday. And I certainly would have believed in God, and I would have called myself uh, a Christian. But it was, it was evident, if you watched my life in high school and, and college, that, that I, was, I, was, I was not a Christian. I was not following Jesus. And the reason is because I loved my life. I just did. I just, I, I loved my life. Uh, sports and school and drinking and drugs and girls and all sorts of relationships and everything that kind of came with that, that, that was my, my world. And I, I chased after that as, as hard as, as I could. And um, things changed about the middle of my sophomore year. Went on a date with an ex-girlfriend and... Uh, as we were sitting there, I could tell that something was, was wrong with her, and I, I just asked her, I said, so what, what's going on? Are you okay? And she looked at me, and she said, she said I'm pregnant, and, and it's yours. And I said, okay. I said, well, 
I said, you know, I've, I've got some money. We'll, we'll, figure, we'll figure things out. We'll make it through this. And then she looked at me and she said, I, I want to know, are you going to be with me? She goes, I want to know, are you going to, will you marry me? You know, I was, I was 20 years old. I had hopes. I had dreams. I had goals. I had, I had my life. And I, I loved my my life, and I, I, I wasn't ready to marry her, and I certainly wasn't ready to, to be a father in my mind. So she had a, she had a friend who gave her $400, and she went and she picked up a pill. And one evening, she and I, we went to, we went to a place, and I was there, and she took the pill. And I was there when she bled. And I was there when we, we flushed our child down the toilet. And I was there when we cried and we didn't even know why. After that, we went our, went our separate ways. And my, my conscience was, it was afflicted. I wouldn't have known how to say it like that at those times. I didn't think about significant things like that at that, at that time, but I, was, I became haunted by just the, the com- compounding effects of running away from God. Not just that, but all sorts of things in, in my life. And I got deeper into the drink and the, the drugs and the destructive relationships. And something you've got to know is that throughout this whole time, I had people around me who would talk to me about Jesus. Later on, I would come to count some 17 people that shared the gospel with me. But you see, I didn't want your Jesus. I didn't need your Jesus because I loved my life the way it was. Until that fateful Halloween evening when I threw a party and I invited a friend named Dave, a guy I used to party with in high school down uh, to Virginia Tech where I was a student. And I had him there for a party and brought him back into my room. And I had um, a bag of weed and a sixer of his favorite beer and told him I had a girlfriend to get to know for the weekend. And I was like, this is going to be a great time. And he closed the door and he sat on the bed and he looked at me and said, bro, I just, I don't, I don't do those things anymore. And I said, well, why not? He said, well, I've become a Christian. He said, I follow Jesus now. He said, I came down here. This weekend, not because I knew this would be easy, because I want you to know that Jesus loves you too. And Dave made a stand that night at that party. And now every Halloween, I call him and thank him for the stand. And that night, he sat there at that party where everybody was just doing their thing all around him. But he had, he had a peace and he had a joy that I had just never seen. He didn't need a blunt. He didn't need a bottle. He didn't need a girl. He didn't need anything. He, he had something that I didn't have, that I had been chasing. And he had that peace that I had just certainly never had. About two weeks later, I was party again, and it just everything that I had begun that I had done was starting to just come to my mind. And I just ran kind of away from the party back to my room, and I closed the door, and I went in my room, and uh, my parents would give me a Bible whenever I left for college, and I always used to hide it under my bed because it was cramped my style. And that night, somehow, the corner of the Bible was sticking out from under the bed. So I, I grabbed it, and I sat down. And I, I did Bible roulette, and I just opened up to Ezekiel 18, which in the New Living Translation 
says, the one who sins is the one who dies. A father will not be judged for a son's sins, nor the sons be judged for their father's sins. But each one will be judged according to what they have done. But do not think that I delight in the death of the wicked, but know that they would turn and live, says the Lord. And I closed it, and that freaked me out. (laughs) I felt like it was talking to me. So I opened again and began reading again and came to Romans chapter 2, which in the New Living Translation says, Don't you realize how kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you, or don't you care? Can't you see how kind he's been giving you time to turn from your sin? But no, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath, when God will judge all men according to what they have done, according to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as I continued to read over those next couple of days, it was there that I encountered Jesus through the word of God. And as I did, I came to understand truth, that I was a sinner, and that I, I loved my life so much that I was willing to kill my own child to keep it the way that I was, was going. John 12, Jesus says that whoever loves his life loses it. And through his word, I came to see that I was I was a guilty sinner enslaved to my sin. And that I was, God and I were not cool. I was under his judgment. But I also came to see grace. That Jesus is a savior of sinners. Even sinners like, like me. That he would come to earth to live a life that I would never live. And then willingly and joyfully go to the cross to there receive the judgment that I deserve. And then rise from the dead three days later. And then send good news to the ends of the earth. That anybody, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done. That if you will repent of your sin and trust in Christ, you will be forgiven. You'll be forgiven. No matter where you have been or what you have done. You see, brothers and sisters... The gospel is the power of God for salvation. It is the power that changes lives. Because in there, there's promises where the Lord says, I will be merciful toward their iniquities and I will remember your sins no more. That as far as the east is from the west, so far will your transgressions be removed. Colossians 2 says that when Christ went to the cross, that he nailed there the certificate of debt that had my abortion. And all the other countless sins, except countless to God, he knew every one. And Jesus' blood washed them all away. It's that same gospel that can save anybody. Just like a doctor who's a friend of mine who came up to me. He had been visiting our church for a number of weeks. And he came up to me after a, a church service and he said, I need to talk to you for a moment. And he pulled me aside and we started talking and he said to me, He said, I'm a doctor, and I've committed hundreds of abortions. He said, but I've been listening to what you've been saying about Jesus, and I want you to know I am never going to commit another abortion again. And what you've got to know is not once in the weeks that he visited did I mention abortion. Because it is good and right to create policies that, that, that stand against the evil of abortion. And it is good and right to vote in presidents who stand for abortion. And it is good and right to march and make your name known. But brothers and sisters, do not be deceived. The power for change is in the gospel. 
Jesus is the one who changes people. So what I, I call upon us to do is to pray. To pray that the God of heaven would send a wind of sobriety into our nation and awaken us to see with clear, sober eyes that we kill babies in the womb. And we would see that for what it is. And that women would be convicted of their sin and go to Christ for forgiveness. And that men, whether they've been passive like Adam in the garden or an accessory like David or active like Herod, wherever they are, that they would take responsibility and say, blood is on my hands. And that churches would proclaim the gospel that saves sinners and then they would live the gospel so that the first place somebody who's pregnant and says, I don't know what to do, would go, would be to the, the people who know about grace. The church would be the church. And that pray that God would change us. That we would be a people who are prayerful. And that we would not be moved by fear or anger, but by courage and compassion that flows from being a people who know Jesus, the Savior of sinners, even sinners like me. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we thank you that you are a God who gives grace to people who are not worthy. And Father, if we're honest, there's not one worthy in this room. So Father, we ask that the good news of the gospel would reach out right now and that you would touch the hearts of each one of us in whatever way we need to. Whether we've had abortions or whether we've been people who pushed people to have abortions or whether we performed abortions or whether we've been passive or whether we've been self-righteous because we never had one. Wherever we are, might we be ministered to by your mercies. We thank you for Jesus who does that. We pray it in his name. Amen. After our next video, we're excited to welcome Dr. David Platt, the president of the IMB. Thank you for your time. If you're interested in learning more about this topic and others like it, check out our upcoming pre-conference called Relentless at the Gospel Coalition's National Conference. Visit erlc.com backslash events for more information. And join us next week as we hear from Albert Moeller about ministering in a post-marriage culture.